Welcome to the Build My Online Store podcast, where we discuss everything and anything about running an online store. If you like the podcast, sign up for the mailing list to get news and updates at buildmyonlinestore.com. And now, here's your host, Terry Lynn. Welcome to another episode of the Build My Online Store podcast. I'm your host, Terry. And this week in episode 21, I have Harley Finkelstein, Chief Platform Officer of the Shopify e-commerce platform, where we're going to talk about some e-commerce insights from his point of view as a hosting service provider. And so before we start, we have some news and updates. Uh, Charlie Dog and Friends from episode 9 has entered a small business challenge, and they're right now they're in the final top 10. Uh, if you go to smbchallenge.com, uh, give them a vote. Uh, so their business is, in case you haven't listened to their episode yet, is basically uh, soft toys designed off real animals in animal shelters. And so uh, it's a very good story, very good business. Uh, do help them out with a vote at smbchallenge.com. And in some other news, we have another iTunes review. This review comes from Gracie's best friend, and she says, Easy to understand and entertaining. Terry knows how to get great content and makes it compelling and entertaining, even for us novices to e-commerce. He knows how to get people to open up and get great advice out of them with a very fluid interviewing technique. All right. Thank you so much, Gracie's best friend. And certainly, if anyone else has some review, please do let me know, either on iTunes or terry at buildmyonlinestore.com. If you're new to the show, I also published a little crash course recently on the website, buildmyonlinestore.com and it's basically a 10-day crash course where each day I go through one interview with the business that I've talked to and kind of what are the key takeaways that I've learned that you can apply to your own online store to make more money. So check it out, buildmyonlinestore.com, sign up for the mailing list and it'll get sent to you right away. And if you're also looking to get into e-commerce, we'll be doing a live online training session with Andrew from episode 14 and the week of December 18th. Uh, sign up for the mailing list, there'll be more news and updates there. So with that being said, let's get into this week's episode. This week I have Harley Finkelstein, Chief Platform Officer of Shopify, where we're going to talk about some e-commerce insights. What's going on, Harley? Yeah, hey, Terry. How's it going? All right, so let's just start off from the top then. Uh, what's your background and how did you get into Shopify? So I moved to Ottawa in 2005 from uh, Montreal. I went to, uh, went to McGill University. I grew up in, in Florida, uh, but I went to McGill for my undergrad and then came to Ottawa in 2005 to go to law school. When I was an undergrad, I had a t-shirt company selling t-shirts to universities. So on your first day of school, you get a t-shirt, a bag, and a hat for orientation. I, uh, my, I had a company that manufactured those, those items and products for schools all over Canada, uh, across, across country. And when I came to law school, it became very clear to me that I wasn't able to meet with customers face-to-face anymore. So I had to change the business model a bit. And um, at the time when I moved here, I met uh, a brilliant programmer named Toby Lutke, who at the time was just transitioning. Uh, he, was, uh, he initially was selling snowboards online from a, with a company called Snow Devil uh, that he built. And when he became frustrated by the lack of, ex- of great e-commerce platform options and e-commerce software options, he decided to build his own platform. And he built this platform, this, this, this piece of software, really for himself. He didn't do it to sell software. He did it because he wanted to sell snowboards, and he was just very disappointed with the offerings on the market. And at the time, that you had enterprise offerings like GSI, and that was okay, but it was very, very expensive. And then at the other end of the spectrum, we had sort of Yahoo stores and eBay, and those were okay, but there was, had very little functionality, very difficult to scale, and he didn't really want to start 
on a platform then have to graduate off to go to another platform later on. So he, he wrote this piece of software for his, own, for his own snowboard store and quickly realized that there's probably a lot of people that were looking for e-commerce software that was better than what was currently available on the market. And so I met Toby in 2005, and I actually became one of Shopify's first customers. Just as they were transitioning from being a snowboard store to becoming a software company, I became a customer, and I created a company called Smoofer. Uh, so it's now smoofer.myshopify.com, and I created this t-shirt company called Smoofer, and basically I bought the rights to licenses, um, t-shirt licenses, uh, Batman, Spider-Man, ACDC, Rolling Stones, and I worked with these licenses companies and I retail these t-shirts on Smoofer. So you've been there from day one basically, huh? Well, yeah, but not as an employee, as a customer. Um, I, I had been, but but not as an employee. It was only around. It was only in two, early 2010 that I, um, I I had Smoofer running. I was practicing law in Toronto, and I, I just I loved what Shopify was doing. I really felt what Shopify was providing was more than just e-commerce software. I felt that Toby was sort of democratizing retail. He was basically giving the tools that were only accessible to the largest of retailers because obviously they were expensive. He was giving startups and, and bootstrapped entrepreneurs the same tools in which to build their own online store. And I thought that was fascinating. I love the idea that if you had 15 minutes and you knew how to use email, you were able to build a store on Shopify. But that Shopify still had the functionality and the robustness of some of the largest, some of the most expensive enterprise platforms at $29 per month. To me, it was, it was just, it was a, uh, you know, it was like a, a lightning bolt went off and it just, it became so obvious to me. But partially one of the reasons that I was convinced to join Shopify wasn't just because of, 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 of Toby and, and, and the product. It also had to do with the fact that because I ran my own online store, I knew how easy, how, how, what an easy time I had getting up and running. And yet whenever I spoke to someone, whether it was a brick and mortar retailer that was looking to become a brick and click, a brick and click retailer, so online and offline, or it was an entrepreneur that had a product to sell, it seemed in those days, in 2006, 2007, it seemed like people were really frustrated. They couldn't, find, they couldn't um, easily open an online store. And I felt there was a disconnect between um, what was available and what people perceived was available. And so I joined Shopify in 2010, initially just working on uh, business development, and then I sort of grew to, uh, to help, uh, help manage the, uh, the business team here. And now I'm the chief platform officer. And, uh, and it's been an amazing experience. Shopify now has 100, over 130 employees. We have uh, over 36,000 uh, stores in more than 90 countries. And our stores this year will do more than $600 million in uh, GMV and gross merchandise value. So amazing growth. So I think our piece of the pie of the e-commerce pie has grown, but the pie itself is also growing very, very rapidly. Right now in the U.S., uh, I believe it's just under 10% of total retail sales are done online. In Canada, that's under 5%. The growth rate, both in Canada and in the U.S., is about 13 to 15% year over year. If you were to walk around whatever city you live in, Los Angeles or San Francisco, um, and, and even San Francisco, which is one of the most you know, tech-savvy cities probably in the world, if you walk around, you walk into 10 random brick-and-mortar retailers, um, I suspect that less than half will have active online stores. Certainly, and obviously San Francisco probably has more than, than other cities that are less, less tech-savvy, but less than half uh, would have online stores. If you do that same walk around in five years from now, every single store you walk into will have a brick component and a click component. And it won't matter whether or not they buy, you know, buy online and their customers pick up in store or people buy in store and pick up online. 
online will have an will have a huge impact on their entire retail model, and it will be an, a, a real part of their business. And so things are changing very rapidly, and I think what Shopify is doing is just incredible because we're 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 helping democratize this whole concept of retail by giving people the tools and the and the infrastructure and the platform that was really only accessible to the largest companies years ago, and today we're giving that to everyone for 29 bucks a month. I just think that's as I mentioned, I think it's, that's democratizing. Yeah, exactly. And so with about 10% of all retail sales online, do you find that number to be still low for this day and age? Very low, totally low, absolutely. It's funny because we say that you know the internet is in its infancy. I'm sure you've heard that term. Well, if the inf- internet's in its infancy, then e-commerce is, is a newborn baby. I mean, we're just getting started here. You and I are, are pretty tech savvy, so I buy stuff online all the time. To me, it, it, it's natural. But I'm even seeing a shift happen um, with, with other vintages. My mother, for example, uses uh, online shopping on a daily basis now, whereas three, four years ago, she was apprehensive about her, getting her credit card online. She wasn't sure about how to, you know, how to facilitate returns. So she bought a, a pair of shoes. She was nervous if it didn't fit her. Today, even my mom, and you know, she's a nice lady, but she's certainly not tech savvy. She is now, you know, the, the online retail. Uh, online retail is a big part of her life. She does a lot of her shopping that way, and I think that's fantastic. And so, I think it's Jeffrey Moore who, who wrote the book Crossing the Chasm, and it talks about sort of the, te- the technology adoption curve. I think that e-commerce and online retail, for the most part. Um, has just sort of crossed the chasm from early adopters to more mainstream people. And, uh, and I think that's exciting. So I, I am surprised that less than 10% of um, total retail sales are done online. And I'm, I'm even, but I'm, I'm excited about what's to come. I just read an article yesterday that sort of the equivalent uh, of Valentine's Day in, in, in North America uh, recently passed in China. Uh, I, I don't know what the day is called, but it's basically ch- the Chinese equivalent of Valentine's Day, and it happened last week. I believe they did something like $3 billion in GMV that day. That day. I mean, that to me is mind-blowing. Those are ridiculous numbers. So I'm really bullish on what's happening. I like the fact that even, even people that are less tech-savvy are adopting the online retail model. I like the fact that every, every retailer uh, seems to either already have an online store or preparing to have an online store. And, that's, and I'm talking about the bigger retailers, right? I'm not talking about the entrepreneurs that are the dodo cases of the world. I'm talking about you know, the, the traditional old-school retailers they, they, are, they are also either online, moving online, or have a plan to move online very, very shortly. So I think we've seen just the tip of the iceberg in, in terms of online retail, and I think we'll see a lot more. What's fantastic is, to go back to my story with Smoofer, I would have never had an opportunity to compete against companies like Walmart 10 years ago. I simply, you know, in order for me to compete against Walmart, I would have had to go and get a huge store right across the street from Walmart, which I couldn't afford. I would have to stock that store with incredible inventory at crazy prices, which I probably wouldn't be able to afford either. Uh, I wouldn't have their economies of scale. I'd have to hire a staff. I'd have payroll. I'd have overhead. I, I, I mean, I'd have leasehold improvements. I mean, we're talking millions and millions of dollars just to compete against one Walmart location. Whereas with Smoofer, I was able to compete with Walmarts all over the place because I had, I had licenses that, that were mine. I had very low overhead because I didn't have an actual brick-and-mortar location. So um, I was able to operate on, on razor-thin margins. And by being smart and using AdWords properly and thinking about marketing in the right way, I was able to compete against one of the largest corporations in the world. And I was doing that when I was a 22-year-old law student that knew, that knew very little of a business and, and very little about, about retail. I think that is what I mean when I say democratization, is that it's an equalization. It, it brings us all down to the same level, and I think that's great. And I love the fact that the barrier to entry into being an entrepreneur 
is becoming further reduced because of technology. That to me is the most exciting thing happening. Yeah, and so uh, you know, with Shopify having over thirty thousand stores now, what are some common themes you see in the ones that are really successful? Uh, so, I mean, a couple things. Number one, the ones that are very successful, they're not trying to out Amazon Amazon. What I mean by that is they don't have UPC codes, right? If you own an if you open an online store to sell some sort of commoditized goods. So let's say uh, Dove soap or Tide detergent or, you know, pick anything or, 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 or bottle, two liter bottles of Pepsi. You're never going to beat Amazon, certainly not going to be Walmart, because you don't have their economies of scale. You're never going to be able to sell at that price. Not to mention, because of their economies of scale, not just in their product pricing, but even their fulfillment, Amazon is going to ship millions of products every single day. And so they could take advantage of incredible um, opportunities that we as small businesses simply can't afford. So the ones that are doing the best out of our 35,000 plus stores, those are the ones that are not keeping directly. They're not selling a commoditized product. They're either creating a product, they have some sort of committed advantage on the products, so maybe they have the license to, to sell the product. But that's the first thing is they're not trying to compete against these, the Amazons of the world. They're creating custom products. The two largest categories for us right now um, is really a, a fashion and apparel. And then electronics would probably be the second one. Is it like electronic accessories or actually like... Yes, yeah, so, so, so that encompasses accessories and that also uh, electronics themselves. Also, that sort of encompasses gadgets. As you may know, we, we host this Build the Business competition every year. Uh, we started this with Tim Ferriss in 2010. Last year, we, ha we did it with Tim, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, and Seth Godin. And this year, our, our mentors are um, Tim Ferriss, Damon John from FUBU, Eric Reese from The Lean Startup and Tina Eisenberg from Swiss Miss and Tatley. One of the reasons that we do this competition every year is it's a bit of a proverbial kick in the butt for entrepreneurs that are thinking about starting an online business that aren't sure about it. What we're doing is we're basically incentivizing them with money to say, go ahead and do it. And this year's competition is a bit different because the winners not only get $50,000 investments, but the mentor in each category, so if you're a clothing store, if you have the highest sales in your category, Damon John, who's the founder of FUBU on Shark's Tank, incredible entrepreneur, he will become one of your investors. And that I think is a huge opportunity. So to go back to my point, so our first year's winner was Dodo Case. Dodo Case created, do you know Dodo Case? Yeah, yeah, the iPad case. Exactly. So they created this beautiful iPad case, kind of looks like a moleskin, and they're doing incredibly well. Again, they're not competing with Amazon. They create their own product. Last year's winner was a company called Julie's.com, and they were a Kickstarter project. They went on Kickstarter to raise $9,000, ended up raising over $350,000 in Kickstarter, and they're a tremendous business now. Um, and they sell a little piece of metal that you drop in your coffee, and they it keeps the coffee temperature warm for a lot longer than, than it would have in the coffee would stay without the without the Julie in there. But again, in both those cases, very smart marketing. They knew where the demographic was. Kickstarter projects, I think Shopify is probably the most popular e-commerce platform for Kickstarter projects. We have tons of, tons of them on. Almost every major Kickstarter project is now on Shopify, uh, which is really cool. So I think one thing is uh, having a unique product. I think number two is being smart about marketing. If you are selling uh, if you have a sausage shop where you're selling sausages, you should have a blog where you talk about sausages, not just your sausages, but sausages in general, right? We all need to, and, and, and that's one of the other sort of common threads of our successful stores is they, they're not just evangelizing their brand, they're evangelizing their industry. 
So, you know, you should, if, you're, if you're selling handbags, you should talk about how handbags are being manufactured today. How is it different than 20 years ago? You should create a following on a blog where you become almost the, um, the, the leader, the, the thought leader on handbags. And if you yourself and, you, and your blog becomes the thought leader on handbags and you start selling handbags, you're going to have a much easier time retelling these things because you already, people already trust you. You already have a reputation. And it, it makes it a lot more um, uh, authentic as opposed to, I got this handbag. You got, you better buy it. Here's a great deal. You're gonna, you know, it, it, it's it's a it's a lot more organic as a selling tool. And so, um, I think that's probably another sort of um, uh, takeaway uh, from many of our successful stores is that they've become evangelists of their industry, not just of their brand. Yeah, and you realize just having a store saying this is what I sell, buy it now. That model doesn't really work anymore in this day and age because everyone's not really. No, I mean. It's not, and that's, I mean, that's what Amazon's going for. It's convenience. Um, but look, I, you know, I, I don't like going to, I don't like going to shopping malls. I personally like going to boutiques, physical boutiques in, in downtown Montreal or, down, or in New York or in San Francisco. I like walking to boutique. I like the idea of great music playing, nice art on the wall, knowledgeable sales staff. So when I go on, when I go shopping online, I want the same experience. I don't want to go to a massive mall with tons of products. It, it, it makes me dizzy. I want to go to a great shop that has amazing curated collections of clothing. I, I want their online store to reflect their brand in the same way that a brick and mortar store may reflect their brand. And I think that that's, that to me is sort of what a lot of our successful shops have, have been able to, to achieve. They've made their online store just as great, if not even better as an experience as they would have had if they had were an offline store. And I think that, that uniqueness is, is really important. Okay. And so are most Shopify users pretty tech savvy or is it a lot of them is their first time getting online? Uh, it's, it's across the board, which is so neat. I mean, some of our shops, well, we say if you know how to use email, you can build a store on Shopify, which is true. So most of our stores, I would say, well, I, I, wouldn't, I, I couldn't say I couldn't say one, one way or the other. I would say that it's actually that you have the full gambit. You have people that have, have literally never done anything other than email before building on Shopify. You also have huge brands like Zagat or Encyclopedia Britannica or Wikipedia or Gatorade or GE. You have huge brands as well. But I would say that 98% of our customers would self-identify as being small businesses and entrepreneurs, and that's who we care about. And within that 98% group, those small businesses and those entrepreneurs, some of them are super tech savvy and they can code and they can develop and they can design and they can get into the CSS and the HTML and they can do really funky things. Other, uh, and, and, but there's also a chunk of them that have really never done anything more than used email before. And we love the fact that Shopify works for both, you know, for, for both sets of people. I see. And so what are some of the biggest pain points when, for someone just starting out with the new store that you've seen? Um, I would say that, you know, marketing certainly seems to be something that people need to think about that they often don't. What, what often gets confusing is people assume that if, if you build it, they will come. That's not really true, right? If I rent a uh, retail space on Rodeo Drive in LA, that's probably a little bit more in line with it. If you build it, they will come. I have a beautiful store on one of the, you know, one of the trendiest or one of the, you know, the most expensive shopping uh, streets in the world. I'm going to have foot traffic. Naturally, organically, the people will walk by my store if I, if, if the window looks good and my store looks cool and I got you know great people working inside, I'm going to get people to come in organically or naturally just just come in. Online, you don't have foot traffic. People won't stumble upon your online store in the same way that you will um, in the offline world. 
And so rather than paying rent as you would in the offline world for a brick-and-mortar store, I encourage our users to, spend, to think about their, that, that they need to spend their money on marketing and, and driving people to come to their site. And that, that isn't necessarily very expensive. I, I mentioned the blog before, but you know, if you have, if you have a, going back to the handbag example, if you have a handbag store, you should have a killer handbag blog. And that's how you should bring people into the store. You should be using AdWords. You should be using Amazon, uh, the Amazon Marketplace perhaps to cross-promote. You should be using Facebook ads. You should be using you know, Twitter. You should be using social media. There's, there's so many different ways to drive traffic, and, and that's one thing that people seem to uh, not always understand that you know, this is not if you build it, they will come. You need to build something fantastic, but then you need to get people coming into your store. You need to get word of mouth going. You need to use, you know, if someone comes to your store from Facebook, perhaps after they make the purchase, they should go back to Facebook and offer all their friends a 20% discount for that same store. You need to create these viral loops. You need to create additional incentives for people to come visit you. You can have the best SEO in the world, and you may get some organic SEO-based traffic, but at the beginning, at least in the first couple of months, you're not going to get very much like that. There needs to be something else. So let's move into mobile real quick. Sure. Uh, is, do you see this as a big game changer, or kind of what do you see from the top-down view in, right now? Totally, yeah. I mean, I won't give out exact numbers, but our mobile checkouts have doubled. So checkouts from a mobile device, and I'm including tablets in there, have doubled. So these are people actually clicking buy on the phone and not just doing research, right? That's right. No, buy on the phone, buy on the tablet, big time. Um, you know, there's a, I read an article recently, and um, I believe I think it was on eBay that, that, that sort of referred to a term. He said uh, he, he had this term called snacking. We spent a lot of time, you know, waiting in line for the bus or waiting in line for an appointment or waiting in line or, you know, or picking up a sandwich at a, at a, local, at a local sandwich shop and, you know, the sandwich is being prepared and you have five minutes. If you look around when people are waiting, everyone's doing the exact same thing. They're looking down at their phones, at their handhelds. And so that is an amazing time for people to simply browse. And so he calls it snacking because you sort of, you take, you take a five minute snack here on, you know, on your mobile device and a 10 minute snack there. But I think snacking is a great time to be purchasing things online. And so mobile is a huge focus for us. Uh, the Shopify mobile app is, is, is super popular. Um, it allows you to run your entire store from your mobile device. So you don't even need a, you don't even need a desktop or a laptop. And for some people on Shopify that have full-time jobs beyond their store, that's very helpful for them because they can manage their entire store uh, from, their, from their phone, which I think is, is just fantastic. Um, the other part of, of mobile for us is that all of our stores are HTML5 optimized, all of our, all of our uh, themes and designs. So that means that no matter what your, your, your customer, you being the merchant, your customer, no matter what device they're using, your store always will look fantastic, whether it's a BlackBerry or an iPhone or an Android device. And I think that's, that's really great too. And so yes, yeah, so mobile is a huge focus for us. In fact, in, in February, we acquired a company called Select Start Studios. And that company, we, it was basically an aqua, you know, an aqua hire, I think as they call it now, uh, sort of the buzzword. Uh, but we acquired this company and that brought 16 of the most brilliant mobile devs and designers we've ever seen. And so we're, we're really, um, we're focused on mobile. And you'll see some things coming out from us in the next couple of months around mobile, but we're very excited by it. Yeah, it's funny that you say the internet is in the infancy, e-commerce is just a baby. I mean, mobile <laughs> wouldn't be even born yet, right? Oh, m mobile's a fetus, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, because the issue is people still don't know. I mean, I, um, I sat on a panel a couple weeks ago with an executive from Best Buy, and he was telling the audience about uh, this concept of Best Buy they have called showrooming. I'm not sure if you know what, what that term is, but showrooming is basically this. People walk into Best Buy, not, as a, not to use it as a retailer, but to use it as a showroom. They go and they play with the camera and they ask questions, they play with the TV, play with the new laptops, and they play with the cases. But many times, you're not buying anything in store. 
either they're pulling out their phone, taking a picture of the UPC code, the barcode, and using something like Red Laser to find it cheaper elsewhere, or even if they still want to buy it at, at Best Buy, they're going to play with it, but I don't really want to have to you know, take a huge TV home with me. I prefer to come into the store, get information from a human being about the television, then I need, I'd like to leave the store, go back home, sit on my couch on my iPad, and I want to buy the TV there and the comfort of my home. And then I want it delivered to my home 24 hours later by a delivery company. That's what he means by showrooming. And I think what we're going to see is a lot of these big box retailers are going to shrink down. Rather than keeping tons of inventory in store, they're going to keep a couple, couple of each SKUs. But the actual transaction itself won't necessarily happen at the cash register. It's going to happen online. It's going to happen um, in, in some other venue. I think that that concept of showrooming is another indication that you know mobile is like there's a lot happening around mobile, and even companies like Best Buy with all the money and all the analysts and researchers and and brilliant business people and engineers that they have hired uh, that they've hired over the years, they still don't know what this means. And so it's it's important that as an online merchant, as an online company, we all keep our eyes open because there, things are changing so quickly and things happen sort of hyper real time in our world. I mean, six months is, you know, <laughs> look at Instagram did in six months or, or, or what Pinterest did in six months. Six months is, is sort of the new six years, right? And, and, and so things are happening so quickly, but mobile is definitely exciting, particular, particularly for e-commerce. Yeah, there's an interesting article I saw saying how Amazon is trying to do same-day shipping. So basically, you know, retail stores, you just need the showroom and that's all you need. And then you just buy it online from Amazon. They'll ship it to you in like a day. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there are some restrictions there. USPS is also going to be demoing, uh, is going to be doing a, a pilot test of same day delivery. I think that's cool. Frankly, I don't necessarily need my TV today. I'm happy to wait till tomorrow. So I think that's interesting. I think that's a little bit gimmicky. I know that, I remember years ago, there was something called WebVan. They were doing groceries delivery online. And they would actually, then they were huge, huge bankruptcy. I think it went public and then the, the 2000 bubble burst. And, and so um, they were doing same day deliveries also. But I think same day delivery is interesting. I'm keeping my eye out for it, but I'm, I don't think that's going to be a game changer in the same way that, you know, that Pinterest has been for online stores or that mobile commerce has been for online stores. Yeah, it seems something nice to have, but not, you know. Exactly. It's a nice to have, not a must have, whereas mobile is a must have. Marketing is a must have. Same day delivery, I think, is nice to have. Now, that being said, I haven't really seen a store in, in, in quite some time that, that, that doesn't do free shipping. It seems like free shipping is now sort of standard, and I think that's that's a good thing for consumers. I think that's that, that's good. Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's just wrap up a little bit. So, you know, for someone starting out, you know, you go to these different e-commerce platforms, you know, kind of like the landing page is all, you know, we have 20,000 stores, 30,000 stores. Kind of what makes Shopify stand out from the competition? Out there? Yeah, I mean, it's, for, for us, it's actually it's really simple. I wish, it was, I wish I had a more complex answer, but we built Shopify for ourselves. We didn't like the e-commerce platforms and the software that was available on the market. We needed a way to sell our snowboards and for me to sell my t-shirts and what was available on the market wasn't good. So we built Shopify for ourselves. Because we come at it from a merchant perspective, we built the software that we wanted to, that in an ideal world we would have loved to use. Whereas most of our competition has built um, what they think their customers want and what they think merchants want, we come out of it from a, from a product-first perspective. We have 130 employees here. Most of us are technical, developers and designers. We have a very small business team and, and a very small sales team. If you look at the competitors, most of them have a huge sales team and a very small product team. We are a product company first. 
So number one, our product is easier to use. If, you use, if you've ever used Magento and you know that's open source, you know that it's not very easy to use. Um, so number one. Number two is we want, our stores to, we want every store to be beautiful. Even if you don't know design, your store should look great. And if you've ever seen any of the Yahoo stores, for example, um, you, know that you, you know when it's a Yahoo store. And the third piece is we want to make it very, very scalable. Etsy is a great place to start you know, to sell a product, but eventually you do gr outgrow Etsy. You do eventually need employees and need to have your own standalone store, and a lot of the other competitors of these other platforms don't scale. So our third piece is that we scale very well. We have stores that start off doing a dollar a day and end up doing sometimes $10 million in a minute or $10 million in an hour, no matter how little or how much you sell, Shopify works, and it works really, really, really well. So I think that our, the reason we've been successful is because we really do care about this stuff, but we built this company to satisfy our own itch, and because of that, we come at it from a very integrated merchant perspective. And we're a product company. We're not a sales company, whereas I think the rest of them are trying to sort of be everything to everyone. We do what most people need most of the time for e-commerce, and I think that's really cool. I see. And do you still see like the hosted platforms like Shopify for e-commerce the way to go in the next few years? Or? Yeah, I, I don't know why you, I mean, open source, I mean, if you're a developer and, and, and you want to do some really complicated stuff, you may consider one of the open source platforms, but frankly, Shopify has got such a killer API, you can basically do everything through with Shopify as well. Even if it's not offered in our core offering, you can, you can do some really great stuff. Um, and also for $29 a month, um, it's fully hosted. I mean, there are, you know, like, not many people, but, but some people use Shopify just as a CMS system. Uh, and, and that's because, content management system, that's because for $29 a month for a fully hosted, uh, for a fully hosted platform, that's really inexpensive. That, that'd, be even inexpensive. that'd be inexpensive for a blog. Um, but the fact that you know, our, our competitive advantage is e-commerce, I think makes it a really good deal for, for merchants. And, and so, um, yeah, I think the hosted, way, the hosted is definitely the way to go. Interesting. All right. And so just before we wrap up, what are kind of like two of the three businesses we should check out kind of to learn from example on Shopify? Yeah. So, um, well, I, I think that um, we talked about a few in this call, so might as well, uh, might as well list those. But I think like, you know, I, I bought, well, actually, I'll tell you where, where I went shopping today. I'm starting my Christmas shopping. Dodo case, I think is incredible. Now you can do custom Dodo cases. And, and I, I made one for my fiance. Uh, I mean, hopefully she's not listening to this because she'll know her Christmas gift. But Dodo case is killer. You can now customize your own Dodo case inside, outside. You can customize the look of it. I think that's awesome. Uh, I love that store. The other store that I was mentioning is, is Julie's. I mean, for, for coffee drinkers, like what they've done is just incredible. They were last year's competition winner. And the other site that I actually have up my screen right now, because I'm uh, about to buy something from it, is Tatley. T-A-T-T dot L-Y, and that's Tina Eisenberg's company. She was one of our competition winners last year, and they do temporary tattoos, but the people that design the temporary tattoos are some of the world's best web designers, and they're just, it's, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a, a guy to typically wear temporary tattoos. I think it's a little juvenile, but I actually, I have a, I have a, a hustle temporary tattoo on my arm at all times, and I just, I love Tatley. Um, but frankly, the best way to do it is go to shopify.com slash examples, and you can see, you know, some of our coolest, coolest stores. Uh, we're growing at a couple thousand stores, new stores every single month. There's always new stores that come up, but uh, shopify.com slash examples, you can kind of see everything. And, uh, and for anyone listening, you know, if, 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 any, if anyone wants to start an online store and they want some help, um, you can sign up at Shopify or you can you know, email me, harley at shopify.com. I'd love talking to, to merchants, new merchants, old merchants, but I, I really do care about this stuff. And Shopify really does care about this stuff. It's not just a sales pitch. This is, this is our life and it's, this is what we're passionate about. 
Yeah, awesome. And you also have a blog, right? Where can we find you if we want to follow you online? Yeah, so uh, harleyf.com is where I, I blog from, although uh, I blog usually about once every two, three weeks. harleyf.com and at hfizzle. Uh, you can uh, send me a tweet. Um, Twitter is probably the easy way to get in touch with me. But you know, for anyone that wants to chat about e-commerce or Shopify or anything, um, this is, you know, even if, even if I wasn't getting paid here, I'd probably still be doing this because I, I just love this stuff and I'm just so excited by it. I think the next couple of years is going to be the most exciting times ever uh, for retail, probably since the advent of the shopping mall. I think the next couple of years is going to be super exciting and I just, I, I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, exactly. This is something like I enjoy too, like just talking to business owners, kind of how they built everything, how they do their marketing. It's the best. I mean, these are, these, these are, our, these are our people, right? I mean, I love entrepreneurs. I love guys and, and girls that just think about things differently, that see something and say that I don't like the way it's done, so I'm going to change it. It's just, to me, it makes a lot of sense. All right, well, Holly, I'll, I don't want to keep you on too long. Thanks so much. I'll let you know when this interview is published and I'll keep in touch. My pleasure. All right, man. Take care. Cool. Awesome. Take care. To get more information about running an online store, visit our website at buildmyonlinestore.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Build My Online Store podcast.